just feeling under the weather. You may not feel very well now, but it's good to see you. And I know Michael's got the... Probably, probably has the flu. Probably has the flu. Well, this is hard. Either, if they don't mind, you got the flu, he's sick. He's yeah. sick. So, yeah. need to pray for Michael and, and many others. Does anyone else have anyone we want to pray for at this time? Uh, Sister Pat sent me a text this morning and said she's got a kidney stone. Oh, and wait. And tell church that she loves y'all to pray for her. Yeah. 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 I have a grandson joining in a favor still. And the pastor and our daughter's having an MRI on Monday. So he's, he's been sick this week. So I just want that fever to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. her MRI to come back. Yeah, there, there's so much, you know, sickness going. I flu and strep. I think strep's a big thing, too. Mm -hmm. but. Elijah wanted me to ask prayer for Isaac. He has the flu. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Okay, I want to pray for Mom and Randall, my stepdad. They kind of find out they have COVID. And he called me, I think it was Tuesday morning. And he never calls me because usually big mom. And he said, Hillary, I can't breathe. So I had to carry him and he got tested. And he was told this on my Sunday. That's what mom has, you know. Um, Taking Kelton to the ENT Tuesday because ever since he's had the flu, which was been now what three or four weeks ago, he said we can't get the sinus stuff cleared up. It's, he just keeps and so we're going back to the ENT. <clears throat> but Kayla's got something wrong with her labrum, on her I think it's labrum in her hip because the dance her hip, so she's going through physical therapy. The physical therapy don't help, and she may end up facing surgery. Yeah, we have a lot. We have a whole bunch of prayers. Yeah. Anyone else? Remember our youngest, uh, Robbie and his wife, Emma. I can't say more, but just remember. I don't see Robert now. What are they doing? Uh, uh, Dad fell Friday night. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's uh, got a knee swollen up and an ankle swollen up. And um, I think he's in. He's just not very comfortable, and uh, so they, they're not here today, so y'all keep up in, in your prayers. You know, in this time of the season, you know, some, some people just uh, just need lots of prayers. We need them all the time, but you know, some people get very depressed during the holiday season, and you know, they need the Lord, you know, and, and each one of us have somebody in our, in our heart sure. that we need to pray for. Uh, well, let's go, Lord, to prayer and lift these up. And Sister Lynn, if you don't mind, you pray for these. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today, Lord, we thank you for the many blessings. Lord, we just ask that you continue to look over and protect each and every one of us. Lord, there's been many requests here, you know, all about the needs. Lord, I just pray that you would fill the bodies of those that are sick. Lord, that you would continue um, to watch over those that are on our hearts. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be in a service today uh, in every aspect, Lord, that you would be with um, Chris and, and Wayne and Bo, Lord, that you would watch over uh, the teachers as they teach, Lord, and that you would be with Brother Steve, especially um, if you have a message for us. And Lord, I just pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word. Help us to apply it to our lives that we might do better. Lord, I just pray that 
you'd be with all those that are not here when you'd like to be, but especially those that have no desire to be in your house. Lord, I just pray that if there's someone here that might be lost, that today might be the day that they can turn to you. Lord, I just pray that in every aspect of what we do, we give you honor and glory. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Y'all can be seated. We just hey, Brother Roger, if you don't mind, you come and bring our devotion this morning. Sir. We started a little bit late this morning, so we'll go ahead and have our devotion. Well, all I can say is I'm glad we didn't have church an hour and a half earlier than we did because it was pouring out. Not just rain, but it was really coming down. And, uh, it was Toad's uh, Lansing. I hope it lets up a little bit, you know. But, uh, good to be here. And um, uh, I got thinking this week, you know, there's a, there's a, a Christmas song um, that was uh, Mary Did You Know? And uh, I got thinking about that, uh, you know, it asked Mary a lot of questions. Uh, what she might know about this child. And, um, but you know, I, I got to study a little bit, and um, um, yeah. let's see. She, um, Mary was, she was a, apparently a very special person. She was chosen by God, <coughs> the mother of, uh, of Jesus, and, um, uh, um, Joseph was visited by an angel and, and he was made aware of, of this child and circumstances in which the, uh, this child would be conceived and, and, he was, and he was given assurance that it was okay to marry Mary. But Mary also was visited by, she said visited by the angel Gabriel. And uh, in both instances, when the angel visited uh, Joseph in the dream and when he visited Mary, fear not, was the first words out of his mouth. And I thought that was interesting. And both of them were given the same information. Um, I don't know that Mary knew that Jesus would ever walk on water before he was born. I don't know that she knew that stuff. I'm sure she probably didn't. But she was aware of who he was and why he was coming. And uh, so as, as, um, as that progressed, uh, I'm sure that um, they were quite overwhelmed. I know I would have been. It would have been something that would have just um, uh, kind of uh, taken me above my limits as a human to understand it. And, and you know, we've got two, uh, we've we, we got Matthew and Luke that wrote pretty extensively about it. They, they wrote it on, on kind of different levels, um, and, uh, different, um, different um, looks at it, I guess. And um, let me get over here to, to Luke. I wanted to read a little bit here. Um, it even gives us some history into um, John Baptist here. And, and I always thought it was very interesting that, that when Mary was given the, the message that she was going to bear the, the Christ child, that she went to see her cousin and told her about it. 
and Elizabeth was already, um, I think, in her sixth month. And it said the baby leapt within her womb, just hearing the news of the of the Christ of the child. And it just, you know, when you hear stuff like that, how can you doubt? How can you doubt that um, that uh, this was the work of the work of God and on earth here it was it was a physical work of God on earth that he brought this to be and all the miraculous things that that um, um, came to pass at this time um, you know the, the the people at this time in this area were living under Roman rule and uh, so it was not um, it was not an easy thing to be proclaiming uh, Anything about the Lord, uh, it was it was all about the Roman ruler, and you had to you had to honor him, or you could get in trouble. But this was an event that just couldn't be it, it, you couldn't put it under a barrel. You couldn't keep it hid. It was it was a lie. It was the lie of the world. And as um, you know, as, as the scriptures um, uh, told Mary all that was gonna that was gonna happen, thought it was interesting. You know. We've heard a couple of cases where people would question God about something and, and, and there would be consequences for it. Um, Mary said when, when it was told to her what was going to happen, she said, how can this be? I know about a man. I think she asked that in a way, in a positive way. She didn't say this can't happen because I'm not married. She said, how can this be? And, and it was explained to her. And, uh, and then uh, after it, most, after it was um, the, 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 the scripture that we know, um, Mary, I, I, I meant to mark it, brother, yes I did. But, um, Oh, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according unto thy word, and the angel departed from her. So, you know, her question was not a doubt. It was not a doubt. It was, it was a question, well, how's this going to happen? Let me know a little bit about this. And then she acknowledged it with the handmaid of the Lord. <coughs> so as we, as we go through this holiday season, um, Let's just remember the miraculous events that happened here. This is something that, that we get so, um, you know, we just get so um, materialistic about and things in this time of year. And, and maybe y'all don't notice, notice it as much as I do because I've been dealing with Christmas since 1st September and, uh, at Walmart. And uh, uh, it's getting quite old at, at at Walmart. Somebody said something to me one day about, well, I bet you really love Christmas, don't you? And I said, I love Christmas at home in church. It's getting old here. <laughs> um, but um, it's, uh, it's a miraculous thing that happened. It's a wonderful, you know, if it was just a story that had been written, it'd be a wonderful story. But it's not just a story. It's the truth. So as we go through the holiday season, let's just keep in, in mind the miraculous things that um, that came to pass here, uh, or that will come to pass. Um, you know, this is just the announcements of uh, of Jesus and John the Baptist coming, and um, 
it's really going to happen now. It's really going to happen. And, and the, the events of that are documented also very well in, in the scriptures that uh, uh, at the birth there were, uh, you know, it, People will say, oh, it was probably just a Venus or it was probably just something. It said the wise men followed a star until it stopped. Stars don't stop, y'all. You know, you can be you can be driving all night somewhere and you can see a star and it don't stop and, and stand still. It continually moves out of its plane until you can't see it anymore. And so this was a particular event and it was a particular time. And it was specific that, that that was an indication of where Jesus was. And that star stopped, set over the place where he lay. So as we think about this, let's think about it in reality now. Not, um, you know, it, it's not just a, 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 a celebration of a day, it's a celebration of an event that came. And it changed the world forever. So. Let's keep that in mind, y'all, as we study and as we go through this uh, this holiday season that, that the, the coming of Jesus foretold hundreds of years before it happened in great detail too, but it actually happened. It's not just a story. It's not just a time that uh, we get to celebrate and put <coughs> pretty shiny lights and stuff. It's a, it's an event that really happened, and it's, uh, it's very... Uh, I think it's very important that we remember in that, in that life. Anybody got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take our classes? If not, we'll, we'll take the classes at this time. Good to see everybody today, and I know you weren't expecting me, and I was not expecting to be here <laughs> in this row. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I, I'll, just, I'll just confess something here, uh, Brother Steve, and that was I uh, tried to prepare for a little bit for the uh, Sunday school lesson last week, and um, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. We had a good service. We had a wonderful day. But it's one of those things I thought, oh, I'm glad that's over with. <laughs> um, and I wasn't expecting to teach Sunday school for a long time yet. Because, uh, but we got a message from Brother Michael uh, late yesterday afternoon that said, uh, he said, I sure am sorry, but I am sick and there's no way that I can plan to be there tomorrow. So, uh, um, I had not uh, studied through the week, and I'll really, like I should have. You know, it takes an effort on our part to have fellowship and communication with someone. It takes effort on our part for me and Pam to have communication and fellowship with each other. Sometimes when I'm wanting to talk, she's got to be willing to listen. And sometimes when she needs to talk, I need to be willing to listen. And uh, so that takes some effort. And you know, that's not any different than our relationship with God. And uh, that takes some effort on our part to have that relationship and to have that communication. So we, um, 
we communicate with God through our prayers, uh, and He communicates with us largely through His Word. And so we can't have that communication if we're not putting that effort in to try to study. And I'm going to tell you, I have let down on that this week. And it's a busy week, and you know, we all get busy weeks. And sometimes in the Christmas season, we can get so busy and overwhelmed with activities of the season, just like Brother Roger was talking about, we can kind of let that overshadow the joy of the season that should should be in our heart. Now, I wish you just went ahead, Brother Roger, because last week, you got us started, but last week, Brother Bo mentioned that uh, Brother Michael's intention was to start in the first chapter of Luke today and spend a couple of uh, weeks there. And so when I got the text from him, he said, just stay in Genesis if you want to. And I said, well, what would you have done if you had been here? And he said, well, I'm going to teach from Luke chapter 1. And so since I had studied neither, I thought, well, let's, let's, call, let's go to Luke chapter 1. And, and the reason for that is I, could, I understand what Brother Michael was trying to do, and that is to really, in helping us have the most uh, meaningful Christmas season that we can, is kind of set it up this Sunday in Luke 1, and I'm sure he'll come back and teach us a lesson from Luke 2 next week. So uh, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to talk about this a little bit. And I need all the help that I can get. First off, um, Brother Chris, can yes. I interrupt you for just a minute? Sure. Uh, since Michael's not here, generally uh, we do a gift for Michael every year. Uh, if anybody has any suggestions, uh, that would be great. I think last year we got him a gift card, maybe, for like Cabela's or somewhere. But uh, anyway, just I guess let Bower and I know what your thoughts are, or ideas, and then if you want to contribute, that'd be great. And we'll just whatever money we collect is what we'll spend. Awesome. And we ought to show our appreciation. Amen. So please, please do that. So what is the longest book in the Bible? Does anybody know right off? Longest book in the Bible. Psalms. Alright, longest chapter in the Bible. I meant to say chapter. Longest chapter. Ma'am? Psalms 119. That's right. That's it. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. What is the longest chapter in the New Testament? This one we're Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. 80 verses. So that's a lot to cover uh, in this short time to try to set up the lessons of the study of Luke chapter 2 next week. But let's give it a try. So the Gospel of Luke is um, uh, one of the four Gospels. And was it the first written? Um, I'm always a little bit intrigued about that because I think that growing up, I assumed that the New Testament followed a chronological order in the, in the order that the books were written. But that's not the case. Um, so we in the, of the Gospels we attribute the Gospel of Mark to being the first one written but the very first book that is recorded according to what history tells us is the book of James and it was the first and it was written in 50 AD uh, the book of Luke did not come about until about uh, 60 AD so what that tells us is that and the, all the others followed 
So you know those first century Christians in the beginning, they did not have this in the New Testament. They had the Old Testament, I, I suppose, at that time. Although it might not have been a book that was freely distributed and that one that everyone had, but the New Testament was not. So we started counting time with the birth of Jesus before that being B.C. and being afterwards A.D. Uh, so there were some generations of Christians who did not have the New Testament. Let's think about that. So they completely relied upon the preaching uh, of the apostles, uh, the personal stories that were told from one person to the next, and um, so that's just the way it was for a number of years before uh, the Gospels were written. So uh, the book of Luke was written by Luke, and it's probably the most complete history of the life of Jesus that we have, because Matthew and Mark are almost identical in its content, but the book of Luke is not. It covers most of the same things, but it has about one-third more material in it. So there's a lot of things in the book of Luke that you're not going to find in Matthew or Mark. I think that's interesting to note. Um, is the book of Luke the only book in the Bible that Luke wrote? Was that another one? Preacher's disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we uh, attribute the book of Acts to being uh, Luke's authorship. In fact, it's kind of, the book of Acts is a continuation of uh, the book of Luke, really. And there's some things, some Bible historians that would think maybe that was all the same at one time, but... The reason we know that, well, the first first thing, I, I put a lot of uh, I put a lot of uh, uh, credence in the uh, notes that are given to us in my Thompson Chain reference box, and it always tell you up there in that left hand corner who's attributed to writing it. Of course, Luke, the beloved physician, wrote Luke, but then also if you turn over to Acts the uh, beloved physician Luke is also attributed to this. Now, the confusion there with the Apostle Paul uh, might be because that Luke and the Apostle Paul were very close. They were companions, traveling companions, and worked together much like Mark and Peter did uh, in the early part of their ministry. So, just kind of some interesting things there. Um, so how, how did St. John get in the middle of Luke and Acts? I don't know that. <laughs> That's not a question I know. I, I know that they're all, the books of the Bible, are uh, inspired by God, and it's a miracle uh, of God that we have them today. Uh, but they, if, if you read Luke and then go on to Acts, you'll see that it's somewhat of a continuation. That's an interesting point to me, because they were both... Um, addressed to someone named Theophilus. If you look in uh, Luke 1-3, uh, he writes these things to the most excellent Theophilus. 
And then when you go over to Acts in the beginning and the salutation there, it's also addressed to Theophilus. So I couldn't find much about Theophilus, who he was. But it was, um, it, it, was, it was thought that he was probably someone that was in the upper echelons of the Roman government that Luke knew. And he might have known him through his being a physician. But Luke knew Theophilus, and this book was written uh, to um, encourage Theophilus and to document and tell him that there are some things that we know for sure. So, um, uh, verse 3, It seemed good to me also because there had been all these other writings and other stories and other first-hand um, uh, uh, examples of what people had seen and, and, and those stories that had been passed down about Jesus, that it seemed good in verse 3 to Luke, uh, having a perfect understanding of all these things from the first, to write unto thee in order, most theo excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So the message here is uh, from Luke to Theophilus, hey, that all these things that you have heard and these stories that's been passed down, I'm going to document those and you can be sure that they are true. And I'm going to write them down. And so uh, the hey, Chris, uh, comment, uh, sir. Uh, one time I, I was teaching this lesson and um, I, I don't remember where I found it, but um, they said that, and one thing that, about Luke that uh, gave, you know, that he could say that he had a perfect understanding is that of all the men that followed Christ, Luke was probably the closest to Mary. Hmm. Okay, that's that, interesting. That, I did not, not know Luke, that, but that's Luke, interesting. Luke had a particularly close relationship with Mary and I'm sure she had told him that this event from her perspective mm -hmm. and so that's why I think you, you know, got that, a first-hand understanding yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a great point well thank you for sharing that Bo so the message through that to us is that we can take the scripture uh, as we do all scripture and know the certainty of those things uh, wherein it is instructing us. So that's uh, attributed uh, by the commentaries as being kind of the key verse of the book of, a book of Luke. That thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So after those first four verses, then we go right into um, um, uh, the story that Brother um, Roger has begun to touch on. But it also is believed that Luke may have been a Gentile. So that was an interesting thing about the book of Luke because when you combine Luke and Acts together, who wrote the greatest part of the New Testament? Luke. And I thought, well, his writings couldn't exceed that of the Apostle Paul. It does just bear, uh, according to, uh, if you go back and, and compare the amount. So, so, let's think about this again. Luke is written about 60 A.D. 
but it chronicles what happened from about 1 AD to 33 AD. So there's a good bit of time lapse there. You might even say chronicle a little bit before, because we're talking about before uh, the birth of Jesus. So again, the key verse being uh, one, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Luke sees the necessity of getting an accurate account of the life of Jesus written down. Now the main characters in, uh, in Luke are who? Zacharias, his wife, Elizabeth, Joseph, and Mary, of course. And then who was another big character in Luke chapter 1? The angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel. So, um, um, let's, uh, let's take it from... Um, um, so, I, I, let me say this. It, it's very timely that we take a break from the book of Genesis for just a short time to study and give reverence to the birth of Jesus. One, because of the time of year, but also because... Um, because it is the fulfillment of everything that we have been studying the last few months. It is the fulfillment. So it's a perfect time to stop and talk about it a little bit. Okay, so we know that Abraham and Sarah was a couple that had a baby in their old age. But were, were they the only couple in the Bible that had a child in their old age? Who was the other? Zacharias and Elizabeth. Please include in your prayers that Pam and I will not have a child in our old age. We just carried our grand we just carried our grandson for about a three-day trip. Yes, ma'am. I have to say that too uh, for sure. Uh, so Abraham and Isaac uh, were not the only couple. Luke Chapter 1, verse 5 through 24 gives us the account of Zacharias and Elizabeth and the foretelling of the birth of John the Baptist. Now, Zechariah was a priest in the temple of the Lord who, while doing his job of burning incense, there appeared the angel of the Lord Gabriel and told him that he and Elizabeth would have a son who would go before him, the him being Jesus, the Savior, uh, in the power of Elijah to make ready for the Lord. To make ready for the Lord. We can turn over to Luke chapter 3, and of course we'll maybe, maybe we get there later, but that gives us uh, the further account of what John was born to do. So as you study, go ahead and study in, in the book of uh, uh, chapter 3 because he came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Judea preaching that the repentance uh, is at hand. And uh, one of the things that I love about uh, verse uh, chapter 3 is verse 5, which was a quotation from Isaiah that's chapter 3, verse 5. And in John's preaching, he preached this very poetic, uh, meaningful uh, message that every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. 
and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That's part of that message that's wonderful. Okay, so, uh, Zechariah questions the angel as to how could these things be true because of he and Elizabeth's older age. Um, someone please, uh, there if you're in verse, uh, chapter 1, read verse 20. Somebody, Pam, you got it? Verse 20. Focusing on here. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because through belief, thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So, Brother Roger already touched on this. There was a consequence to not believing, weren't they? That, hmm. I think there's a, a lesson to be learned there, too, in that, that you can question what God lays out for you, but you need to question it in belief and not in doubt or denial. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mary questioned but she didn't say, you know, this can't be. Mm -hmm. She said, how can this be? Mm -hmm. uh, she questioned it believing, I, I think, that, and, and, and I think God honored the way she purposed that question. Right. And you know, the, what jumped off the page to me is, as I was reading this, okay, Zacharias questioned the Lord. He questioned the angel of the Lord. Is how could these things be? And um, as Pam has read, the angel said, okay, I'll prove it to you. And I had the thought of Brother Steve to myself, has there been times God had to prove something to me? And, and I have to absolutely say that's true. And we could probably share some testimonies about that. So what did God, uh, the angel do? caused Zacharias not to be able to speak anymore until the birth of the child. Uh, so there's a lesson, a good lesson for us to learn from that as we get a little bit further on. So we've got that down through about um, Luke 25. So Luke 26, starting there, gives us the account of the angel Gabriel again telling Mary that she would conceive and bear a son whose name would be Jesus. Um, and in this, uh, there is a very important verse, I think. So uh, let's start at Luke 1, 26 through 38. Who's got that? Read to us. Linda, you got it? Start with 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Okay, so Gabriel delivered the message to Elizabeth, and now he's delivered the message to Mary, that Elizabeth would have a, a son, 
the angel told them the name of that son, it would be John, and now we have the account where the same angel appeared to Mary. Now, um, so John was a little bit older than Jesus. Not, not very much, but a little bit. Because I think that uh, the scripture here in this chapter t tells us that uh, she was um, about five or six months along in her expectancy of John when Mary came to visit her. Um, so the other verse that I think is key to uh, this story and key to the Gospels is Luke one thirty seven, And that's what you read it, verse 137. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Don't you love that? I got a sign in my office over there on the ledge of the window that, um, that I can look over and see that says, for with God nothing is impossible. Um, so when we think about that and we think about the experience that, that Elizabeth was going through and now the experience that Mary's going to go, be going through and we think about experiences that we may go through sometime in our life isn't this great to know we ought to commit this one to Mary remember Luke one thirty seven. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, when we get to verse 39 in this chapter, then uh, Mary arose and went to the hill country <coughs> to visit her relative Elizabeth. And I'm not sure how they were related. Does anybody know? Elizabeth was cousin. Mary's cousin. Cousin, okay. Yeah. First or second cousin. Okay. Well, it, it refers that she's a relative, but um, the um, I wasn't exactly sure how, but verse 39 through 45 gives us the account of their <coughs> coming together. Okay, Elaine, do you have that starting at verse 39? And Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ear, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is he that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. What a wonderful encounter. That is a wonderful encounter between two people that was um, fulfilling a very, very, very important part um, in the life 
that would be uh, Jesus and John the Baptist in so much that they even unborn recognize the significance of that. Wow, that's great. Now, so um, when we get to um, we get to verse 46, we really have what is termed the Song of Mary or in uh, biblical literary terms the Magnificat and it is Mary's response Elizabeth has they have met John the Baptist leaped in her womb Elizabeth expressed how she felt and in 46 we have what Mary said and how she responded so let's just read first uh, 46 355 quite a little bit lengthy but let I'll start it there at um, uh, 46 and Mary said my soul doth magnify the Lord amen and the spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed, and Mary abode with her about three months. So this was the song of Mary. This was that glorious and wonderful response that she gave that was completely in praise to God. Um, so we get to verse 57 and we have the actual birth of John the Baptist so this is going to get us on toward the end uh, and set us up for our lesson for next week so we get to verse uh, 57 and some of what God had promised comes to pass uh, when Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, she brought forth a son. And her neighbors, her cousins, heard how the Lord had shown great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. That seemed like a natural thing to do, right? Many of us care some part for the name of our father. But his mother, Elizabeth, answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by that name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing ta table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. Now listen to this. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And what did he say? Um, uh, and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost, verse 67, and prophesied, saying, 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, hath raised up and horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, and hath spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that they should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our, their life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way as is given uh, to us as we looked over into verse 3. Y'all come right on in. So, um, what's our takeaways? I knew that we would have, it'd be hard for us to cover uh, all of this, but we want to just hit the highlights, and I hope that you'll go back and read and study. But what, what are, are our takeaways from chapter 3? Uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth were upright before God and perfect, the Scripture said, following and keeping all the uh, uh, ritual that they were supposed to do at that time. And, uh, but still, a faithful people, this oh, hear me now, faithful people can struggle with doubt. And Zacharias was a faithful, upright man, perfect in his execution of his job and the laws, but he had a doubt. How could this how could these things be? So a takeaway for me is faithful people still can have doubt sometimes creep up in their life. That speaks to me because they certainly do to me. But another takeaway is we see as this story progresses through from the first to the last of the chapter we are assured of two things, and that's the faithfulness of God and that we can trust God. We see that all the way through that. So faithful people struggle with doubt, and faithful people sometimes will come under some correction from God, uh, as did Zacharias. So how we respond to that is what's important in our personal life. So, Zacharias went for a time which was several months. Several months that he were, was not able to speak. I guess if you were not able to speak, he'd give you a lot of time to think things over, wouldn't he? Yeah, when he could. But this is what he said was, when this time passed, Brother Steve, what he did was praise and honor God. And when we go through a period of doubt or feel like that we went through a period of correction that we're most certainly going to go through, how we respond to that, isn't that what's important? We got to praise God through that and know um, that we have had an opportunity to mature a little bit as Christians. Um, so those were the takeaways for me as we went through this. So um, John grew, waxed strong in spirit, and was in the desert till the day of his showing to Israel. 
And so a lot has transpired in chapter 1, but it is a wonderful, wonderful account that fulfills a lot of the prophecies that we have been studying about. Well, I think that almost uses our time, except for whatever you have to say. That's what I have to share with you on the lesson today, and I hope there's something about it that's been meaningful. Do you have an insight that you could share with us? We'd love to hear. Gabriel identified himself before Zachariah, Joseph, and Mary. He said, I am Gabriel to stand in the face of God. Right. Wow. Yeah, they sure they did. They sure they did. I appreciate this lesson, Brother Chris. This has been so enlightening and and, um, and it's helped me to understand that these these four characters, uh, Gabriel and, and, and these four, were all godly people. Right. Uh, and Mary, surely she knew the Old Testament of how that children were prophesied to be born to people. Abraham, it was it was said would have a you know would have a son named be Isaac and and but the catch is there had never been one that came from a virgin birth right. and that's where she asked the question how can these things be um, um, she probably didn't even have a boyfriend and uh, and and so but 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 the Lord the angel explained that to her that this is going to be a child from God the Father and not a natural man. And, um, and that's just, um, I, I appreciate how you brought out that even people of strong faith, and these people had it, right. um, you, there's, there's still that carnal part of us right. that, that can't understand and wants to doubt. There's so many things in this Word of God that I don't uh, carnally understand, but spiritually I trust and know that they're true. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, just we, the New Testament in Paul's writing is emphatic about a point that I think of from time to time. And it's really talking about, you know, um, the life after our death. But it was reaffirmed in the scriptures that there is a natural man and there is a spiritual man. And that is, uh, was emphasized in the writings of Paul. And that is still true today. There is a natural man and there is a spiritual man. And the two are in a warfare and will continue in that warfare as long as we live. And that's what makes heaven sweet. Amen. To me, is that warfare will be over. Um, sometimes I think about, and I'll conclude with this, had a pastor that y'all met here uh, one Sunday night, Brother Sam Hollis, and he he would quote a um, uh, an old preacher uh, that said, um, it just seems like there's a big old black dog and a big old white dog inside me and they're in a fight. And uh, the question is asked, well, which one wins? And he said, every which one I say, sit them to. 
So we have to be careful of that, don't we? Because yeah, that warfare is ongoing. And um, that that will be over someday. So we'll always struggle with that. All right, I'm not going to ring the bell because I think they're done back. <laughs> All right, brother Wayne, we'll turn it over to you.